Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? I'm on like day 14 of my hockey season cold. The good news is it's not COVID, you know, but uh, the bad news is it's day 14. But this happens every hockey season. So such is life. Yeah. Um, here we go. Um, so the Oilers lost Bruce four to three to the Seattle crack mm-hmm. and, and, um, it was a weird game. It was a weird game and we're going to get into that. So because they lost, we'll do, uh, two good things each, but two, we'll do, uh, two bad things. We'll do, we'll do two good things, two bad things each and two numbers. All right. What's your good thing? Okay, uh, my good thing, I'm going to single out uh, Marcus Niemelainen, the young defenseman, uh, who did not look particularly out of place tonight, I didn't think, and who was laying a physical pounding on uh, on Seattle guys, and uh, uh, he was uh, uh, one of the few Oilers that uh, was engaged in this game from start to finish. And that gets marks for me tonight. It kind of stood out, in fact, on this team tonight. And uh, Niemelainen laid on seven hits. He blocked three shots. And I just thought he comported himself pretty well. Uh, 13 minutes, 39 seconds ice time. And he even saw almost two minutes on the penalty kill, which penalty kill was uh, uh, when it got the job done over the course of the game. And I didn't think he did much egregious defensively. I haven't had a chance to add up the... Scoring chances tonight. What do you got on Nima got, Line? Uh, nothing, Bruce. He had, a, he had a clean, kept a clean sheet on yeah. grade A shots. So pretty damn Great. good. And and you know what I'd say about him, Bruce, is this. He's got a chance to stick with the Oilers because he's offering something that they don't have. Like, I mean, when was the last time we saw a defenseman? I mean, Nurse, fair enough. Darnell Nurse um, will throw some hard hits. Nima Linen. <laughs> He's like a polar bear. He's so big. He he dwarfs the other players. Like they're like you know brown bears, and he's a polar bear. And man, does he hit? He hits to hurt. He's like an Andy Sutton kind of player, or a Hawk and Paw in Dallas. And yeah, um, I, I'm impressed. This is something the Oilers are missing on the blue line. And as a seventh D man, he could make a lot of sense. I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm liking his play. I'm liking his play. All right. Sorry you, about that. My good what thing. What else are you liking tonight? What's your good thing? <laughs> I like the vision of the future, Bruce, that I mm-hmm. think that we got in the third period. Yeah. When the Oilers needed a goal, Coach Dave Tippett put Philip Broberry and Evan Bouchard together on a defense pairing. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, really, we saw uh, Philip Broberry wind it up and start to attack. And he made some nice plays. And... Um, as did Evan Bouchard, who was in on the third period goal. You know, he, mm-hmm. he uh, put that pucket on net after a very fine pass from Leon Dreisaitl right on his stick, which enabled then Bouchard to put it right on net. And McDavid made it, you know, the best play of all, the brilliant tip. But Bruce, with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl and Pugliarvi, with those two D-men, that was something to see. And uh, I think that's a vision of the future. No later than next year, maybe sometime this year. You know, we're used to seeing Nurse 
bury in those in that power right. line. But I think when it comes to offensive ability, uh, Broberry and Bouchard will outpace those two players sooner than later. And um, and we'll be seeing this really unbelievable high-flying attack. I mean, can you imagine Dreisaitl, McDavid, Broberry, and Bouchard at four on four? I, I, I was thrilled by it. I just thought it was fantastic to watch. And it, and it, it really, uh, you know, brought back memories of the old days. So that's always that's always a bonus. Yeah, well, the unfortunate thing was when the Oilers really needed a goal, well, they actually really needed two goals, and they only got one. And they got, yeah. you know, and they got one, you know, deservedly on flow of play. But it was, yes. and, and it was those guys that made it happen. So close but, at the end, of course. Like, they were just, on any, about there was about five passes at the end when the when the Oilers had that power play. They were just like an inch, like a an inch off, right? If they'd just gone, the, the bounce slightly different, the Oilers would have scored at the end of the game, but not to be. Or if they didn't baby their passes a couple times or whiff their passes one time. At yeah. Time, you know, like you yeah. needed a play, couldn't quite connect on one. Yeah. Okay. There was plenty of bad in that game. Let's move to the bad things. What's your bad thing? Well, I'm going to start with what I alluded to already, which is the Oilers' um, inability to show up on time. I thought, you know, right off the bat, they weren't ready because Seattle was pounding them with, a, you know, a goal in the first minute, three or four great chances in the first five minutes. And Edmonton gets a power play. They stabilize it 1-1. They fall back asleep, give up a goal. And as it's what's disturbing to me is when they have a bad first period lately, it seems like they have an even worse second period. And it's only in the third period that they get their crap together and start bringing it on. Well, if you're playing in the third period and you're two or three goals behind all the time, I don't like your odds. I don't care how skilled you are. You know, show the hell up for 60 minutes. Seattle did. And Seattle got the win. And I would make the case that Seattle was the better team over the full course of the 60 minutes tonight. And when, you know, you got Calgary out there on the West Coast winning last night by one goal, winning tonight by a goal, and, you know, winning games, winning games. you got to take these games seriously. And I didn't get the sense that Edmonton really was committed to this game for far, far too long. And that, as a fan, it pisses me off. i got to say it. Yeah, that was a pretty – they were – I think after the second period, I just wrote you a little note, like, the Oilers are just getting outworked here. And yeah. that's what that's exactly what was going on. They were getting outworked all yeah. game long. And, you know, well, this third period, they, they raised their work rate. Yeah. Then they, they won then the they third period, but they lost each of the first two periods and they wound up losing the game as a result. They only won one period of the three. Okay. We've praised uh, Stuart Skinner a lot this year, but Bruce, he, he had, he's my bad thing. One of my bad things this game. The first goal um, was an outside shot, but it was a, just a wicked one-timer cross cross ice uh, dart pass, which which uh, was whipped into the net. So, you know, I, I make that as a grade-A shot. It would be nice if he saves a it. Shot. Grade-A shot, but he didn't stop it. That happens. Right through that, him, but yes. That, it did go through him. That happens. But, you know, goalies, NHL goalie stopped three out of four grade-A mm-hmm. shots. He didn't get that one. But the the next goal was kind of a, uh, there was a cross-ice pass. Cassian fails to get on the, on the shooter. But the shot comes from an angle. It's an angle shot. And the goalie, it's a, it's not, it's a tough shot, but the goalie should have that one. And, and Skinner didn't make that save. So, so that was on him. 
And then on the the uh, fourth goal, um, the puck's whipping around there. It goes cross seam, and there's a shot that Russell um, can't stop. But it's it's a stoppable shot, again, from an angle, and Skinner should have it. But it kind of hits his pad awkwardly and goes in the net. So two bad goals against for Stuart Skinner this game. Um, that puts him in the bad thing category tonight. On grade B shots, yeah. And I, that first goal, I didn't really like it either. Neither did he, you know. I mean, clearly he was mad at himself. He didn't bring his stick down on the ice when he came across. And it went right, right through him along the ice. And I'll give him credit for bouncing back in the third period. He made some strong saves in the third period. But by then, the deficit was too big. And the re- one of the reasons it was too big was that he hadn't made the saves earlier in the game. It yeah. was the poor, poorest game that we've seen from him so far this year. Yeah, he didn't seem as comfortable in his net, Mm -hmm. I thought, tonight, as he had looked in other games. What is your second bad thing, Bruce? Yeah, well, I'm going to dump on the the same guys I was praising last game, the defense pairing, veteran defense pairing, Chris Russell and Tyson Berry, who were the weakest pair for the Oilers in this game, and it wasn't even particularly close. Uh, they each wound up with a gaping minus three on the night, and uh, and they were, uh, um, you know, they were caught out on at least a couple of the goals. I mean, the first goal was a bad turnover deep in uh, in Seattle territory that led to a wide open three on two with no forwards even in the frame, and the two defenders, there was only so much they were able to do there. But uh, on the um, was it the the 3-2, where Cassian coughed the puck up just outside the blue line, but both Barry and Russell just got caught flat-footed, and the guy, like, I couldn't believe he got a breakaway out of that play. Like, it looked like, yeah, they're coming in on the counterattack. All of a sudden, he's right up the middle and threw both of them and gone. And honestly, I didn't think Skinner looked too good on that one either. Very stationary in the in the net. But, I mean, Buddy made a good move, and he got it upstairs. But uh, anyway, it was... Uh, Kind of a gift goal. It's just like they fell asleep, starting with Cassian. Um, but uh, the defense didn't respond too well. And then Russell was beaten on the uh, 4-2. Uh, the shot kind of went through him, which they don't usually. But tonight, I just thought he was off his game. He made a few of those smart defensive plays that you always see from him. But he had a few uh, uh, a few errors mixed in there. And uh, not a lot of... Uh, uh, not anywhere near enough of uh, puck going forward, and uh, you know they 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 spent way too much time defending and not doing a particularly good job of it. And Barry, uh, he didn't have a lot going on. I didn't think offensively uh, or defensively. And honestly, David, uh, in that game, reacting to that game as it was being played, I'm a little bit. Um, Surprised that Dave Tippett had Tyson Berry out in the last minute, not Evan Bouchard. After Bouchard had a goal and assist and was a very dangerous player throughout, and Tyson Berry was, you know, out there getting in Drysaddle's way. That was the only time I really noticed him in that last sequence. And anyway, Bruce, I completely they, they, agree. they were both poor. Ride the hot hand, coach. Yeah, like I know you want to go with your veteran or. But He's come on, this power play unit plus one, but uh, the power play unit had not gotten the job done. They scored early in the game. They had a power play late in the second period that was absolutely god awful, horrendous. 
that yeah. couldn't do anything right except give up chances. And then they got this six on four at the end of the game. I think they got one shot. They had some possession, but but they just weren't able to pull off the crisp plays. And uh, I say tonight, I would have rather seen Evan Bouchard out there because he was he was dangerous throughout. And uh, uh, Tyson Berry, um, he just didn't really have it going on to my eye in this game. Who's getting the puck through on net? It's Evan Bouchard. You got to have him out. Like, I just think it was, I was actually surprised that it wasn't Bouchard. You know, he's two two point games in a row. He's getting the puck through on net. This is what you need. You want to win the game. Put him out there, coach. Uh Uh, My second bad thing was Cassian Bruce, who played his way off the third line to the fourth line by the end of the night. Minus two. He only played 848. He just had a horrendous game. He, 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 a well earned minus two. Yeah. I and mean, he was a major culprit on both. Probably the primary culprit on both. I mean, the one he makes a neutral zone turnover and kind of a casual backhand pass that he's trying to hit the center breaking out and it's knocked out of the air and come on, break away. They split uh, Russell and Barry and it's, it's in the net. That was a really tough goal against. I think it was 2 2 then. Was that the. Yeah. That was, yeah. the, that was the goal that put Edmonton behind. for. Yeah, for that was kind of the back breaker. You, you fight your way back. It's 2-2 and, and that. And then the first goal, or the second goal it was, <clears throat> the puck goes cross seam, and it goes to the shooter, and Cassian just takes this weird looping. He doesn't get between him and the net. Ever. He, he kind of oh. goes up. He, he just It's just terrible. It's oh. terrible fundamental play. No. You go back towards the net, middle of the ice, take away the guy's angle, and instead the guy got a got a, got an angle shot that he didn't need to get yeah. because because Cassian's mistake on that play. So being Adam Larson, former Oiler Adam Larson, who had a pretty sweet night for himself tonight with uh, a goal and a one goal win over his old team, but that goal, uh, I mean, you can say uh, Skinner was that Larson? I didn't even know that. Was that you Larson? Could say, that was Adam Larson. You could say Skinner should have had it, but that shot never should have been allowed to be taken. Uh, Cassian, yeah. you know, I'm with you. Like, you could see Larson's route to the net, and Cassian, like, he, he said, well, I can't go into the circle. I have to go around the top of it and try and get him <laughs> that way. And Larson just took what was given him and cashed it in. So. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. This was an absolutely terrible performance by Zach Cassian. And it's a two, there was, right? There was another play in the first period. Yeah, he'll be getting a two tonight. And uh, I, I'm there was a play in the first period where he had the puck along the right wing boards in the defensive zone. Uh, he coughed it up, and then he moved off of the board so that the guy that he coughed it up to could just squeeze by him and go down the boards and and make a play on net, and where. Not only did he did he cough the puck up on the boards, but he made no attempt to get it back. And uh, like there was no logic to even how he try how, what he did next. It was anyway. He was no shots on net for Cassian. One hit, one giveaway, which would have been, of course, the one right before the three-two goal. And in eight minutes and forty-eight seconds, uh, that's just nowhere near good enough. Fourth line, he wound up on the fourth line. I won't be disappointed if he's on the fifth line for the next game, to be honest. And sit one out and think about it for a bit because that just wasn't 
anywhere close to good enough. This is the problem with him on a checking line. He's not a good checking. He's not a, he's, he's oh. one of the weakest defensive forwards on the owners consistently year after year. <laughs> How can you have him on the checking line? So he's a fourth line player who can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle now and then on a top line and, you know, act as the kind of enforcer policeman. And I'm okay with that, but really a uh, checking, he's, he's a bad fit. Sevier's a much better bet. Yeah, on your I was just going to say, Sevier had a strong game and he was good on penalty kill, and he just doesn't make those yeah. kind of kind of mistakes. And Cassian made several of them in this game, and and really did nothing to make up for any of them. Yeah, and there was one he was involved in one play where he made the first pass, and and Fogel made a good centering pass, and McLeod slammed a good shot on that. That was about the only decent chance that uh, uh, that that line had, according to Natural Stat Trick. Uh, Cassian was on for one high danger, four and five against. And what do we got for, uh, yeah, three shots, Seager. four, eight against. You know, I mean, they they just didn't get it done. Whatever line he was on didn't get it done. And uh, Got to hand it to Colton Sevier, hey, Bruce. Like, played his way onto the team. Yeah, played he's a right there now. Played his way onto the third line tonight. Like, he's he's impressing. So whoever, whichever scout recommended Colton Sevier, uh, props to you, man. Good work, because uh, he's coming through for the Oilers. All right, he's going to get a goal one of these times. He's getting, he comes close, yeah. like he, he makes chances. He's not, a, it's not a finisher, you know. I mean, he's a plumber, let's face it. But uh, yeah, uh, but he's a plumber that doesn't give away much, and and he does, you know, make stuff happen. And every once in a while, surely he's going to shovel the odd one in. It just, it's coming. What is your number? Oh, what is your number, David? Give me a second. <coughs> okay. My number is, it's a, it's actually two numbers. It's actually four numbers, maybe six. But it's okay. a comparison between Bouchard and Barry at even strength scoring. Okay. Um, well, overall scoring. Evan Bouchard has 15 points. Tyson Barry has 13 and this, despite the fact that, that Barry's got like f- four times as much power play time as Evan Bouchard. Oh, that's um, at even strength, Evan Bouchard uh, per 60 is 1.86 points per 60, which is the 11th highest total for a regular defenseman in the NHL. Um, Tyson Barry's doing okay, 1.17. He's 54th. So that's not bad. Right. But uh, this is at five on five, right? This is at even strength, yeah. Or is this even strength? Okay, so it will include that beauty four-on-four four goal he scored the other night. Then. Yeah. Okay. I, I when I give yeah. the numbers, I give even strength because okay. I like to incl- I don't like to exclude plays, um, which can easily get forgotten, you know, in statistical overview. And I see the the states of four-on-four, three-on-three, and five-on-five four, three five is all even strength. So. But even strength also includes goalie out, so that's why I usually go with five on well, five. Well, not I don't think it does, Bruce, on um, natural statric. Okay, I, I, so these are natural statric numbers for even strength. So um, again, Bouchard one point eight six per sixty. That's very good. Yeah, and Barry one point one seven, which is also good. Like that's not 1.86 bad. Barry's a very good, good puck mover. Forward. What's that? One point eight six is good for a forward. It is, Bruce. So what we have here is um, a young offensive player who's living up to his billing and putting up the points. He's had his major struggles on defense, 
Bouchard. He's he's been better actually in the last four or five games. <clears throat> so I don't know what I'm not I'm not really advocating for anything here except put him out in the last minute of the game when you need a goal. I guess I'm advocating for that when yeah. he's on when he's got a hot hand at least, and maybe some more power play time. Now, of course, every point he gets, we put on our GM hats for a second. Every point he gets now costs you a lot of money. So you have Tyson Berry to run your power play. It's none too shabby with Tyson Berry running it. So I'm not arguing right now to put Bouchard over Berry on the power play, but I would have liked to see him in the last minute there. What's your number? Yeah, I'm going to go with 16, which is the total number of hits Edmonton had in this game, of which we've already mentioned seven, whereby Marcus Niemelainen, who almost outhit his entire teammates combined, and this was, it was kind of a feisty game. I mean, Seattle only had 19 too, to be fair. They, they weren't counted up in hits, but I, I just didn't think Edmonton was engaged enough in this game. And that's just one, one stat that maybe it shines a little bit of light on it. Some people don't like stats at all as a hit or hits at all as a stat, but uh, uh, to me, they're an indicator, not, not, not even necessarily good or bad, but tonight I would say bad that there was, there were, Seattle kind of kind of um, clogged it up and made things a little bit miserable out there. And I would like to have seen Edmonton. Would have liked to have seen guys like uh, Zach Cassian one hit, Warren Fogle one hit, and one bad penalty. Uh, uh, Brendan Perlini one hit. You know, what are those guys there for? You know, like at, when the other team is laying down the gauntlet. You got to answer the challenge, and uh, honestly, Brendan Perlini, what is he there for? Another game with no shots, minus one, and yeah, I'd be playing. I'm, I'm still waiting for him to do something in a, in a regular season game. I think Benson's a better player. I'm not sure either of them are going to stick, but Benson's a better player now, and and of course, Sevier's by far better than Turris. So we'll see what happens when Devin Shore comes back. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be interesting. Well, anyway, yeah, the, will be in the stands. The two of them, Benson and and Perlini, they both between them, one of them has played in every game at four left wing, and there was one game where they both played, and they both have zero goals and zero points after yeah. twenty two games. They've got like nothing from that position at all in terms of offensive production. So, I guess that's my number. Zero, okay, zero points for. Four left wing after 22 games into the season. Not immense amounts of opportunity, but, you know, make something happen. It's got to make something happen at some point. All right, Bruce, let's leave it there. You got lots of work ahead of you right in the game grade, so. Yeah, I think I might be a little terse tonight, but I've said that before, and I wind up at 2,000 words anyway, so we'll see where it goes. But uh, 4 a.m. and 4,000 words later. Not a fun, yeah, this is not a fun game to write up, so. All righty. One good bounce at the end, we might have been having a different story. But uh, any game you're losing to an expansion team and you're giving up two points in the race to first place to Calgary is a night that I'm going to be in a bad mood. That may have shone through in this uh, podcast a little bit. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.